Hey, Chad here, co-host of The Hillbilly and the Hipster. And I want to let you know that this episode's been brought to you today from the makers at St. Galgano Armory. And I encourage you to visit their Etsy store to order blacksmith merchandise. And you can do that by going to etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And Galgano spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And a portion of all proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I want to let you know that if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll receive 10% off. And this is some great veteran-forged, made-in-America stuff. I mean, I'm really looking to order myself a couple of these bottle openers and rebar and railroad spikes. So check them out. Again, it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll sub yourself 10%. All right. Three, two, one. And welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and joined with me as always is my brother from another mother out there in the Bluegrass State, Andy Crow. Andy, how are you doing this evening? What's up, buddy? It's been it's been a long day. Uh, it's been a good day, but it's been a long day. We uh, our Sunday school class actually. I just got home. I don't know, maybe twenty five minutes ago. Um, we went to uh, one of the homeless shelters here in Owensboro and and were able to serve dinner and uh, spend some time with those guys. So that was the, it's a local men's shelter. Um, so we were able to take them dinner. Uh, being Southern Baptist and from the state of Kentucky. Uh, we took fried chicken and like enough green beans that like would have fed them for three or four weeks. I don't know why we had six pans of green beans and hey, two pans. Could we time out for a second and talk about green beans for a minute? Like last week, I was in Oklahoma and I hadn't been in a Southern Baptist church in the South for quite a while. And the church ladies fed us for this two day conference and they made. These green beans smothered in bacon. That man, oh, I yeah. went for thirds of these green Look, beans. If you're at the right church, I will eat only green beans. Like, I don't get me wrong, I love chicken and meatloaf and barbecue uh, if done right. But if the green beans are on point, like I'll I'll get my year's worth of vegetables right there. Yeah. Well, well, shout out First Baptist Church of Elk City, Oklahoma, because they're doing green beans right. Hey, you're doing anything right. It needs to be green beans. So how was it feeding the, at, doing that, that act of service this evening? No, it was, it was a huge blessing. You know, we got to, we didn't get a lot of interaction, but as they were going through the line, you know, we were able to to talk to them and just just be there, right? I mean, we weren't Bible thumping. I mean, they knew we were from a church. I don't even think they knew what church we were from. Uh, maybe they told them who was coming before we got there. We're going to assume is um, this a is this a Catholic charities shelter, or is, uh, it, yeah. is it Anglican? Yeah. Is it Catholic charities? I'm assuming. Well, it's St. Benedict's right. here in Owensboro. So, uh, whether it's Catholic charities or just a uh, Catholic church, uh, it's some Catholicism. Um, but it, but the cool thing is, like, I haven't been at this church that I'm at very long. I've said that numerous times, but, you know, less than six months or so. But I was able to, you know, there were five guys from our Sunday school class that went to, to serve it. So I was able to, to spend time with them and get to know them and joke and just, you know, get out of my shell. So that was that was fun. And for those of you listening and you're like, what shell? Um, I'm actually a, a fairly shy guy. So if I don't know you, I'm not gonna not gonna put myself out there very much. So you know, it's nice getting to know them and coming out of my shell. Now they probably want me to go back in my shell. Um, but hey, it's like the uh, the the mattress you get in a box; it just never goes back in the box. So but yeah. So what about you? What did you do today? Anything fun? Wait, what mattresses are you buying that come in a box? Oh, you can get some of the memory foam mattresses in a box. I oh, think the I've uh, only seen them rolled up. Well, they roll them up and put them in a box, Chad. Oh, that's true. I guess. Come at me, bro. It's in a box. <laughs> so maybe oh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we expand because I remember whenever 
I heard about all these Casper mattresses a few years ago. They were always sponsoring podcasts. So, you know, we can get into, we can now, we are about business. We could get into that mattress money now. You want to, if you want to give us some of that mattress money or a mattress, I'll try it and let yeah. you know what I think. That's right. That's right. Speaking uh, of business, uh, let's take care of some business, shall we? Let's do it. So tonight's podcast is brought to you by the one and only the makers at St. Galgano Armory. You can visit their Etsy store for uh, blacksmith merchandise and all proceeds are donated to St. or all proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral, or a portion of all. I knew I was missing a word. It didn't sound right. But a portion of all proceeds uh, go to St. Stephen's Cathedral here in Owensboro. Um, and there's a cool a cool aspect to this. The, the founder, operator, all of that good stuff of St. Galgano, friend of the show, Keith Tenzing, uh, is on our show tonight. Today, this morning, whenever you're listening to this. Right, it's the uh, magic but, of radio. It is. We have uh, Mr. Tenzing with us tonight uh, to to kind of talk about some things. But uh, Keith, friend of the show, welcome, my friend. Yeah, welcome. And before oh, thank you for having me, I just want to remind you all that uh, to check that to check out Saint Galgano Armory. It's Etsy.com slash shop slash Saint Galgano Armory, and that's spelled G A L G A N O. And I just want to say before we get started. Hey, Appalachistan, if you're listening, reach out. Um, we've got some we've got some prizes stuff, for you. Um, you can email stuff. us. You can email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com or, or DM us on Twitter at hillhipsterpod. But yes, Appalachistan, you are our first giveaway winner. Well, Keith, welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. So, Keith, so go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so we know each other. We uh, we have the privilege of, of working fairly closely for the, the Commonwealth here. Um, uh, and so knowing what you do there, um, I was I was shocked to know that you were you were into this this as well. And so I guess my first question, uh, and I'm going to take it whether Chad was going to ask it or not. Like, one, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, and two, how did how did you get into the the blacksmith market, the black market of the smith? Well, I got into blacksmithing kind of a long path because being in the military and experiencing a lot of the stuff I did, I struggled with PTSD. Um, so I worked in trying to find other ways to deal with PTSD instead of just taking medication. Um, for a while, I did MMA. I did MMA for a few years. Um, Got tired of using my head as a punching bag. Uh, I did powerlifting for a while. I actually set a lot of records and I was ranked nationally. But I got old, my body started falling apart. And I've always wanted to do blacksmithing. I'm a big history buff. And I thought it was a dying art. And then I ran across a friend who had another friend who was still doing it. And I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. Let me get a class. So I took a couple of classes and I fell in love with it. And I found out that it's really helped me with my PTSD because it helps you focus on what you're doing you have to maintain concentration on that one thing. So you got a hot piece of metal here that can burn you. And then you have to worry about temperatures getting too high, too low, what you're doing, and it takes a lot of focus. So you said you were in the military. Yep. What, uh, what branch, how long, all that good stuff? I was in the Army from 05 to 09. Well, thank you for your service, sir. No, thank you. Yeah, thank no you. Problem. Thank you for your service. Um, why St. Gargano? I've always been a big history buff. And one of the things that got me into it as a child was the whole King Arthur legend and King Arthur ethos and all the stories and that. Well, and then when I started going down this road, I was like, well, I'm going to start a shop. What do I want to name it? And my last name is the sobriety test. You're never going to figure it out, even if you know how to spell it. So I was like, so my last name is out. And then I was like, well, what what can I do? Something greater than me, because 100 years from now, when civilization is gone or whatever happens and historians find my items and my stamp is on it. What do I want them to see? I was like, well, God's word is better, bigger than me. And Amen. what can I do to carry on God's word? Because 
his word needs to carry on regardless of what happens to us. And then I was like, well, okay, the Saints are somebody that we should strive to be like because they had a better relationship with us than God. They were closer to God. And they live the lifestyle that we should strive to live like. And then I kind of became personally attached to St. Galgano because our our lives were very similar in a lot of ways. His warrior background, my warrior background, both of us live in an earthly lifestyle and then turn our lives around and giving it to God. So I figured this St. Galgano would be a great way for me to not only carry on the story and legacy of St. Arthur or King Arthur, but of God and the saints. See, Andy, I was right. I don't I don't doubt you every time. Don't don't come at me. <laughs> so Keith, what's it what's it like being a man of faith? Um in your day to day, both your your I mean, you've talked about how, how you do it in your blacksmithing and your forging. Um, but what's it like in your day to day life? Um I, I was talking with a group of basically under 25 year olds this evening and we were kind of just sussing out the whole debacle that that happened over the the grammy awards which i've not seen but the whole kind of display of satanic worship and all that stuff and i think for them it's you know i I was pretty impressed because they're i think the one is only about 21 years old and, and talked about how all that stuff is around him everywhere you know and i'm kind of oblivious to this because i think about I think I know what Sam Smith looks like, but I wouldn't know a Sam Smith song if you smacked me upside the head with it. But what what's it like in your day to day being a man of faith and and doing the job that you do and just just living life, go going through all those things, right? Be it being a vet, coming through the military, doing MMA, all those things. How's it been being a man of faith in those in in those facets of your life? So hold on, um, hold on, real quick. Can we talk about the Grammys for a second? Because all I've heard are people going off about the Grammys. And I guess I haven't had time to look at what happened. What happened? Um, so from what I understand, and I've not seen it, but from what I understand that Sam Smith and uh, a trans woman who's a performer, they he dressed as the devil and they did this whole sort of satanic ritual and then a song that's, I think, called Unholy that I found tonight and basically mocked, you know, I mean, not just, I mean, obviously mock God and mock Christianity, but mock just anything that's against that. Right. So, so Satanism is, is now something that would never have been on TV before is now on TV. And the joke I saw is that as soon as they went to commercial break, they said it was brought to you by Pfizer. So I'm not going to get into those conspiracy theories, but I thought that was pretty funny that Pfizer's, you know, bringing, devil worship to the masses um you know but i think they just even they were all in red and it was a lot of writhing and satanic rituals and all i mean granted i'm coming from here saying what i've just read but i i don't really intend to look at it but i've heard the argument that from even from christians that it's just entertainment um but then i've heard all the shock like oh my gosh i can't believe this happens and i'm like well believer i think you need to open your bible and read Ephesians 2 because Paul tells us to some 2000 years ago that this shouldn't shock us but so that's what I understand happened and then you know then so the I, next I, night or two nights later you get the state of the union where you know the president of the United States talks about codifying abortion into federal law and you know half the house the chamber if not more stand up and you know a standing ovation and and raucous laugh you know cheering that we're going to kill babies and eventually you know mutilate children so, so that's the state of I, I hadn't seen it and I, I didn't know much about it but just the outrage the only thing that i could think of was wait somebody in hollywood did something to try to upset christians no say it ain't so <laughs> but, anyway sorry but yeah to get back to what, what's it like being a man of faith in your day-to-day both you know what it was like being in, in MMA, I mean, I've met a, a couple of guys who are who are men of faith who were in, um, you know, in mixed martial arts and, and competed. And I know it wasn't easy for them. Um, but what's it like for you being a man of faith and going through those those roads in your life and, and what you're doing now is, you know, being a, a probation officer? 
Well, growing up, I grew up in the church. Uh, my family was Lutheran and I grew up in the church. And then when I joined the army and after experiencing some of the stuff that I did and things I've done, I kind of logically lost faith because, you know, why would somebody who loves us allow this stuff to happen? Sure. So when I got out of the army, I was really lost and it took a long time for me to find myself. Um, even while I was doing MMA and that about 11 years ago, shortly after I met my wife is when I really got brought back to the church. Cause even then I knew that there was something, even when I was lost, I knew that there was a higher power. Cause if you look throughout history, like, you know, the Aztecs, the Incas, the, um, Norse and that they didn't communicate. They didn't have a way of knowing each other was existed or even alive, but they had a similar faith structure. Everyone from different corners of the planet had a similar faith structure. So I was like, well, there's something here linking everybody together. So I went on my own path and, uh, came to Catholicism, um, working in the prison system before I became a probation pro officer. I can tell you that it was still kind of trying, but you know, the one thing that drives me the most and helps keep me centered with it is the fact that in the Bible, he says, give Caesar what is Caesar and give God what is God. Mm. Uh, so when I'm working, all I can do is give Caesar what is Caesar. However, with that being said is whenever I can I have free time, I give as much of my time to to my God as I can. Uh, my wife teaches at a private Catholic school. Both my kids, they've only been enrolled in private Catholic schools. Uh, our faith is a very center point in our life, who we are, and what we do as a family. How, how'd you, how'd you, I mean, I, I know it's not a, it's not a, a long road, you know, I, I think it's not a huge theological shift to go from a, you know, traditionally a Lutheran church to Catholicism, to a Catholic church, but, but what made you uh, convert to Catholicism? Well, I had a lot of questions, obviously, like I said, I was lost and I had a bunch of questions and my wife, when I met her at the time, she was a cradle Catholic, sure. but she stopped going to church. You know, she wanted to go back, but she just stopped. So when we started dating, we started talking about faith and God and tying it to history and discussing how there's archaeological and historical evidence or proof that Jesus Christ existed. And then that led to theological discussions and questions that led to us going to church. And then at first I was like, oh, hey, I just talked to the priest and was like, I have some questions about Catholicism. Little did I know I was walking into RCIA class. I just thought I was sitting down and chit-chatting with him and getting questions answered. Sure. And it was like the first time that I actually had a situation where all the questions I had had answers and they all made sense. So I, I know, I know what RCIA or whatever you just said is, uh, but maybe some of our listeners don't. Sure. Uh, and maybe I don't either. If we're being honest, uh, what is that? I don't know what RCIA stands for. <laughs> it is the, uh, basically the introduction course on how to be a Catholic. Cool. All right. That's what I thought. I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, um, I am the the uncivilized part of the show. So, but if I'm not mistaken, it's generally for uh, older, like adults, like and people that are converting. If I'm not mistaken, that is correct. You know that it's it's if you're going to convert to it and you're older, you didn't go through traditional. You know, you weren't catechized or went through your confirmation and your first communion and stuff. It's it's the first path. It's the first step in uh convert into catholicism that is correct it's a baptist new members class oh yeah new members classes are you know fun. now that 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 you figured that out so i i was raised catholic i mean i i came up you know i was i was catholic um and similar thing for me you know i i kind of walked away and really didn't know the lord very well until um the lord broke me and um yeah, I, I always joked that I was uh I was the Irish Catholic kid raised by a Jewish grandmother who became a Baptist preacher, so covering all my bases. That is the best story ever. Like if that when you write your memoirs, that's your title. That's it. That's the title, man. So my, my faith is a big inner part of what I do and who I am and everything. I mean, obviously I, my brand and my company after 
uh, saints and our Lord and Savior. And blacksmithing, I kind of feel like I have a closer relationship to God in a way through him because I'm taking something that's, you know, a piece of garbage or trash or somebody's junk or an empty bar of steel, and I'm making something beautiful out of it or something useful for somebody else. So I feel like it helps me feel like I have a better, closer connection with them. Yeah. Amen. So I can, great. I can, there's something useful because the bottle openers that both Chad and I have and, and use often actually uh, work phenomenally. Like there that's, that's good. It's good quality stuff. And then uh, once I move offices uh, to be your neighbor in the office here in, a, in about a month or so, uh, I'll have those hooks up using those as well. But uh, I want to, I want to kind of transition from the blacksmithing, which is, you know, how, how we're connected on the show. And I want to, I want to transition to a second of, you know, our, our day-to-day life and the job that we both have, right? So we, um, again, I, I work, me and Keith are our partners at work. We share caseloads, um, uh, and, and we're both, you know, probation and parole officers. And I know myself, um, I didn't come from a law enforcement military uh, style background, right? I, I have a human resources background and a pastoral background. Um, and so, this is something completely out of left field for me. Um, I, th- I think you can see the way that I, that I, you know, kind of approach it is a little different than a lot of people in the office. Um, but to me, it, it's extremely important that my faith come through in my work. Like this is, is not just a job. Like I, I enjoy the fact that I can help keep the community safe. Uh, I enjoy the fact that I can have a, a lasting impact on someone's life, whether they're one of our clients or whether they're, you know, one of our coworkers or colleagues. Um, and so that's, that's really where I came into this job and, uh, so, and, and how my faith reconciles what I do. Um, but looking at, at you and, and your path to getting there, you have a military law enforcement correction background. So how does your faith and, and you, you said, you know, you give Caesar what Caesar's. Uh, and so you're just, and you are, you're one of the most focused people I've ever met when it comes to a job. Um, but so how do you, how do you, how does your faith shape what you do in the office and how you handle situations um, and just deal with people that, that quite honestly, society tends to throw to the wayside? Well, it's because our job is to make sure that they successfully reenter society. You know, it's basically like um, helping them in a way, for lack of a better term, being born again. You're trying to take them from the worst point in time in their life and help set them up for success. And they need someone to guide them. Um, And sometimes that means, you know, you have to be a little bit hardened by the rules. Um, And that's, I'll admit, I'm known for that. And it's just that goes to the whole thing where Jesus says in Luke, you know, those can be trusted with a little, can be trusted with a lot. So, I mean, if we're giving you a little bit here for you to be work with so you can be set up for success later on down the road. Um, No matter what we do, we try to, you know, make sure the community is safe as well as make sure that this individual turns their life around from being the worst part of their life transition into the most successful part. So, so that's good. The, the, the Luke reference, I didn't, I never picked up on that. So that's, that's, that's a good word. Um, I get hit with that a lot, especially with like some of the minor stuff. I've been asked, well, that's really small. Why is it a big deal? And I refer back to that. I'm like, you can't be trusted with this one little thing. I can't trust you not to go out there and do drugs. Right. Well, and I think with with the caseload that we have, like normal quote unquote caseloads, you know, there's a lot of gray area. And in ours with the specialized that we have, there's not a lot of gray area. Um, but what I personally enjoy, and I haven't really talked to you a whole lot, um, is in our, our day-to-day interaction with our with our people and our, our, our clients, and then even within the office, we have a very unique way of being able to, to share the gospel, right? From, from start to finish, um, our, our clients tend to have a little extra time um, on, on probation or parole uh, than what other people will. 
just by the the sheer nature of their crime and they are are shunned really in society and there's a lot of a lot of fear um and and hatred toward them and so the fact that we can we can come alongside and just by the way that we are um and the way that they're treated uh can really be you know an eye-opening a gospel opening experience uh and so how do you think about that as you go through your day-to-day interactions with people or um, things of that sort? I do. Um, it's difficult. It's a hard line to walk at times because you really have to, you know, stay focused on the job, but also do right by the person. And it's difficult at times. Um, I lost my train of thought there. It happens on this show. Yeah, I mean, I just threw like six questions at you at once because I can't stop talking. And the truth is, Keith, he doesn't remember the questions he asked you either. That's a very solid point. Solid. I do remember part of it was um, just the fact that because our people tend to stay on caseloads longer, it's a little easier, in my opinion, and you can you can correct me if you don't don't agree, uh, but I think it's easier to kind of share that gospel and open the door to the gospel because we're going to spend a little more time with them. Uh, and really, like again, you pointed out that like they're going to they're starting off at the lowest point in their life, right? They they've been in prison for things that you know are just unmentionable. Society has kind of cast them off. And then they come to us and they're expecting us to just be, you know, horrible to them. And mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to really show grace and mercy, just like the Lord, you know, shows us grace and mercy. I, we've talked during the, the five solas, the last few episodes about how our best is just nothing, right? Like us on our best day still isn't anything. And so I can't imagine coming out from what they're going through when they're at their lowest and they're like, man, there's no way anybody's going to love me. And then we have that opportunity to do that. And so like, what are your thoughts on that? And is that something that, that plays through your head as you do your, your day-to-day work? Well, yeah. Um, little backstory on me really quick. I can relate to these offenders probably a little bit more than most because Back when I was in Minneapolis, I was going down the wrong path in my life, and I did some time, and I had a misdemeanor on my record. I joined the Army, turned my life around, got expunged. I knew I couldn't go back to Minneapolis because I didn't want to hang around the same people, go right back down the same path. Mm. So I can relate to them because I've been there. I know what it's like. I know how hard it is to turn your life around and stuff like that. Um, Also, part of the reason why I'm a little bit more by the rules, that's just the military in me. Sure. So especially coming out of like correctional setting and walking in and having, you know, your entire life lined out for you and then being set free. It's kind of a shell shock to people. There's an adjustment period. Oh, so having a chance to meet with somebody and be loving and compassionate, be like, hey, it's OK. We're going to set you up with a place to live. They have rules, but they'll help you re-simulate. You know, hey, we're going to set you up with a job. You know, it, it helps give them baby steps to help become a better person. And that kind of matches with me the same way I got back to my faith was, you know, I had to find my own path. And then once I got established and I ran into someone who took time to show compassion and talk to me about the Lord, then I was able to come back to the church. Um, I don't talk to them about religion a whole lot unless, you know, they bring it up. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, I don't. I don't talk about it unless it's brought up just because of, of the nature of our job. Um, well, you, and I you, think, you've... sorry, uh, I was just thinking hearing both of you talk, right? There's a, there's a quote, I think that's always been attributed to St. Augustine that I used to hate. That was that we should always be preaching the gospel and sometimes use words. And I was always really like pharisaical that we should always use words. And as I've grown, as I've, or, you know, as I've grown and gotten older, I realize what it sounds to me is like both of you, whether you're you're speaking about the word or the you know verbally given the gospel, or whatever you, you y'all are living it and and showing the heart of Christ. 
um, to these folks who, like you said, are the cast offs and nobody wants to deal with. And they think they'll never be loved or anybody would ever show them grace or compassion. And I think that sounds like both of you are really, you know, showing the heart of Christ and truly being the hands and feet of Jesus in your line of work that a lot of folks don't want to have anything to do with that line of work. Well, I've actually said that to some of the people before when they incur a situation and they get upset about, oh, it's a minor infraction. That's when I quote Luke and I try to plant that little kernel in their head and make them think about it. Sometimes I also make them do something weird, like I make them write an essay just to have them reflect on everything. And so I've had them come back and be like, oh, wow, I had no idea that essay was a my, an eye opener. I was like, mm. you know, you, you just had an awakening. Now's your chance to recognize your sins, and now you can turn yourself, repent, and change your ways, and sure. move forward. Well, it's also like the the small tidbits of conversations we have because they're like on on days that we have what we call report days, where all of our clients will come in and meet with us. Like we're maybe spending five ten minutes with them at most, but then it's the other days when they're coming in for different things or for different meetings that you can have a deeper conversation. I remember talking to a guy and and he was like, you know, Mr. Crow, I just, he goes, I understand that I made a mistake and I've fallen away and I'd love to, you know, find my faith again. Um, and he was like, I just, I don't think that anyone cares. Uh, and he was like, you know, so do you pray? And I said, well, it's funny you bring that up. I said, because every day, like I'll, I have my caseload, you know, on my computer in a spreadsheet and I said, and every day, you know, I'll pray over that caseload. And it blew his mind that somebody that he had only met once or twice, you know, was taking time to to pray for him and, and legit cared. And, I, I, you know, that's that's helped with his attitude quite a bit um, and, and kind of been eye opening. So sometimes I, that's all it takes, because like I have people since I had my surgery, as some of my offenders sending me text messages asking how it's going, hope I'm getting better. I don't reply because I think it's unprofessional. But the fact that, you know, they took themselves from being a point where they were self-centered and self-focused and only care about them. And they're actually worrying about other people now. To me, it shows, you know, it's a small victory. They're at least making steps and trying to turn their life around because we're supposed to play, pray and preach the Lord in public and private places. You know, I mean, amen. So it's not just vocally standing on the corner preaching and praising our Lord and Savior, but it's also in our actions and things we should do. That's that's good stuff. I don't mean to, to hog all the time, Chad, and I'm going to get no, back. No, you're fine. You you're fine. This is more but, of your uh, arena. I, I just made me think of something, sir. I, I don't know. There's a thing, you know, pastors do and. You know, I've I've been doing it. It's sort of like a, a systematic prayer, and so I, I've taken my church membership and divvied them up, um, basically by twenty eight days. And so every day, um, I I pray for, you know, a certain group of of members or families, and then I I try to let them know, you know, depending on what's the best contact me- method that I I've prayed for them, and, you know, and so I I think eventually they figure it out when, you know why does Chad keep telling me he's praying for me on the, you know, the seventh every, every month. But it it reminded me when, you know, sort of that, like that sort of systematic approach that you pray over your caseload and do you just, do you just pray over your caseload as a whole, or do you break it down for that day? Or do you break it down as, as individuals? Like, I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So me personally, like I have a spreadsheet from one to, I think I've got 88 something like that, uh, one to 88, right? And so I'll, as a whole, each morning, I'll pray over them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have it broken down where this many people meet with me this week, this many people meet with me week two, and then week three, right? And so those those weeks, when it's their report week, I'll, I'll dive individually. So, you know, every week I'm hitting everybody in general. Right. And then throughout the week of their report week, I will I'll I'll hit individuals. Um, so, yeah, it's the whole thing that you were talking about where you divide it up yeah. over 28 days. Yeah, uh, I just have three report days or three weeks of reporting every month and then a week to try to catch up and cry. <laughs> and so that's 
that that's my approach at least and uh, keith may do something different but that's that's how i work it in honestly i don't pray over each of my ind individual offenders uh like you do because uh, i try to be respectful of everybody's religious viewpoints and belief uh, however like if there's those individuals who are having a hard time or are struggling and you know just having difficult times all together you know when they leave i'll say a quick little prayer for them just to try to wish them the best and give them the best possible chance that they can have because sometimes that's all they need so um you, you've listened to a few episodes of our show correct like you're a friend of the show keith Enzing. yes sir um, wait, so I, it, wait, can we can we verify this? You are an official friend of the show, not these folks that yes, we just laid down. No, I'm an official friend. Blue check mark, friend of the show. Oh, um, blue check mark. I follow you on Twitter and everything. So, <laughs> so um, we we'll come back to social media. That's that's a, a big point here in just a second. But um, where was it going? Oh, this is the time in our show where Andy likes to do a rabbit hole. Oh, um, and so we're going to we're about to hit a rabbit hole. Um, so we're going to pause from the serious conversations for a second. Uh, did I hear you say like two tangents ago that you were from Minneapolis? Yep. Most of uh, the parts of Minneapolis that you see on the news. That's where I grew up. Oh, cool. So and then pre-show, um, everybody knows me and Chad pregame. Uh, to try to figure out what we're talking about, and then it never goes that way. But we feel special when we do it. Um, but you had mentioned what pregame are you having? Are, do you do we? You need help? Like what pregame? <laughs> Who are you having these conversations with? Don't act like we don't do that. You sit there and drink your Mountain Dew from a mason jar, sir. Um, hey. I'm on Mountain Dew. Appalachistan called out your hillbilly cred a few months ago. I I told you more and more. I have more hillbilly cred than you. Yes, I, I'm not wearing skinny jeans ever. I just need you to know that. I'm too like, fat for skinny me, jeans. You, I can't do it. Bro, tell me about it. I look like Gru, a short, fat Gru. Anyway, back to my rabbit hole. Uh, while we were pre-gaming, we were talking about like sports and depression, I think, because my team lost to Evansville last night. But anyway, uh, you mentioned that you were a Lions fan, correct? Detroit Lions, Lions Pride, baby. So, how in God's name, like in in the name of God's flat Earth, did you become a Lions fan living in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Oh, I went to college, got a master's degree. <laughs> Where'd you? Where's that from? I went, I went to college. I was joking. In other words, I got educated. <laughs> oh, okay. I was. Yeah, he, he. It went over his head. I'm. I went to public school in Kentucky, man. That was way over my head. So, like, I, again, not a Vikings fan by any means. But I would think that, like, the Lions. When was the last time they won? Something? Like they they had a winning record this year. Kudos. Shout out to the Lions. Uh, so what what drew you to the Lions? Be, uh, honestly, they're an underdog team, and, you know, I was an underdog most of my life. I had a, a strong, tough upbringing that made me stronger, and, you know, I think that's part of it. They, they're one of the few – they're, like, two teams that haven't been to the Super Bowl, and I think they're one of them. Okay. I know I mean, they're one of them. I think the other one's maybe the Browns, but the Browns are actually a new team. Like the, Browns, the Browns have won one, I believe. Those uniforms are legit, too, that silver and blue. Oh, no, see, I, I have – some love for the Lions. I'm not a Lions fan, but you know, plus I, a, lot of, a lot of people don't like him. But Comic and Sue was a lion. I thought he was a beast. Plus, I'm old, and I'm I remember yeah. a really dominating Lions running back back in the oh, day. Man. And it's not who you're going to say it is. I'm talking about Billy Sims, and Billy okay, Sims so, knows how to make some barbecue. Sorry, Grandpa. I went straight Barry Sanders. You took the obvious and grandpa. I got your grandpa. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> I'm not a boomer. Yeah, plus, you know, I mean, I think I think God's a Lions fan too because he said he'd be the lion or the lamb, right? You don't uh, see any lamb football teams. So oh, now we got now we got dad jokes. I'm in on this. <laughs> out here, there are many bumper stickers on vehicles that will battle you on that, Keith, that say that God is a 
Broncos fan because of the um, orange and blue sunsets over the mountains. Well, I don't think he ever said he'd come back as a Bronco, so <laughs> I might be wrong, though. That's good stuff. So, yeah, Lions fan. All right. So football season stuff for you. You root for any other sport teams? Uh, yeah, I'm a big Michigan fan, Michigan State, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Army, of course, and then uh, Arizona State. All right. Oh, Arizona State. It, it will not My- go well for Keith with other friend of the show, Dave Ross, who went to Dave Arizona. Who played football for the University of Arizona. So uh, I couldn't get into the ASU program. I... <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could take him, so I'm gonna I'll back you on that. That's the greatest. I hope Dave's listening because that was beautiful. Anyway, let's get let's get back to your your blacksmithing. So we we've seen your uh, you know your bottle openers and your um, your hooks and some of your spikes. What what other stuff do you do you enjoy making? I really like to make blades. I really like to do knives and bladed weapons in that. Um, I've shared a few of the pictures with you of knives I've gave, I've made and given up, given to other people like my dad. I'm probably gonna start doing more of that here once I get done with uh, my recovery. The U.S. is probably gonna experience a propane shortage because they'll probably be out in my forge. I like it. I like it. So yeah, I, I've seen some of the knives. Uh, I'm excited to be able to come over and watch you make one and attempt to help make one when and, when you're able a little to jealous. Do what happens when you live out west, man? You miss in, all the good stuff in, in East San Francisco. San Francisco, you miss all the good stuff. So, well, Keith, uh, I, you know, I really appreciate you, buddy. We appreciate you as uh, uh, being willing to sponsor. Two goobers who you know get on and rant, uh, and and you know chase rabbits down holes and. Uh, no, it's my pleasure. Try to honor the Lord. Yeah, I just want to say, Keith, like you know, four years ago, I think this podcast was born in the uh, parking lot of the Boys and Girls Club in Terre Haute, Indiana, and um, for I know we have some folks who come back and listen, but your your graciousness and your support of us. Um, I, I hope we've done you justice, but you've uh, you've made sure that we we can do this for an entire year. And I don't know if that's a, a blessing or a curse for some people, but it's definitely a blessing for me. Well, I mean, we need to do what we can to still spread God's word and God's love to other people because some people still haven't either accepted it or are still looking for it. And Amen. You know, we need to do what we can to get that out. Amen. That's a, that's a good word. So, but yeah, no, we go ahead. Oh, I was going to say in some of this pre-show prep that we do, and um, I did ask Andy this question um, to think about, but I, I think I'm going to throw it out there to you. What's your go-to verse, Keith, in life? Like, what's your go-to verse? You're feeling down, you need to be up, whatever it is, even if if you're joy, what's your go-to verse? Or maybe you've got two or three, but w- what's a go-to verse for you? What's a And what's a go-to song? Like, what's a go-to hymn for you? Honestly, the one I said earlier about giving Caesar what is Caesar and giving God what is God's, that's like my go-to. Ever since I worked in the prisons, uh, that helped keep me grounded and separate work from who I really am, you know, because when I'm going to work, you know, I have to be that person. I have to have that persona because I'm giving Caesar sure. what is Caesar. So, but then outside of that, I give God what is his. Amen. Amen. Uh, you have a hymn or a, a song that you that you go to? Oh no, no, no. Not a, not a... skillet when the Christian rock. Now see, now we can we Hashtag can get not sponsored. So <laughs> a few years ago, I took my youth group to Winter Jam, and I, I, I'd taken them. This would be the first year in twelve years that I haven't gone to a Winter Jam. Uh, I'm I'm low key sad about it. Uh, but anyway, I digress. So, and when we get there, they're like, Hey, you know, if you're a youth pastor or a youth leader, you know, we'd love to, to talk with you. Why don't you, you come down? And so then some of the artists would come out and they give this spiel of, you know, we're excited that you're here, but Oh, by the way, our merchandise table, you should go hit that up. Um, but this one year they're like, you know, we just feel led that we should be praying more. And I was like, duh. 
Um, so we broke into like groups of four or five people, just whoever you were standing around. And they're like, you know, would you just take some time with these people that you've never met before and pray with them? And I was like, this is awesome. So we're sitting in this circle holding hands and there's like a hundred or so circles, right? Uh, and we've all got our heads down and we're just going around the circle praying. All of a sudden somebody taps me on the shoulder and he's like, oh, let me get in. And I was like, okay. And so he like grabs my hand and I look up because now I need to know whose hand I'm holding. Uh, and it was the lead singer of Skillet. And so I can I can say that I have stood in a circle and prayed with that man, and he is uh, he he's a good dude. So I, I appreciated that. I know I've had experiences, not like you know meeting lead singers of popular bands or anything like that, but those prayer circles, those are just spiritually very cleansing. Uh, oh, absolutely. We I don't go and pray in the circle. Just it's more like a meditative state, just going out in nature and just mm. basking in God's love and just being one with the nature and, and, you know, appreciating the sounds and. Amen. Yeah. I used to have a, when I lived out here before I moved away, there was a spot I used to go to, to do similar things like that for like prayer retreats that had a Buffalo herd there, um, you know, as a bison herd and there's coyotes and all this stuff. And now it's just so populated. Um, it's not as uh, pristine anymore, but I, I I I need to find another place like that that I can go to and just pray and just be kind of. You think living in Colorado would be easier, but in the spots where I live, it's a little harder to find now. They're few and far between now. Is that the Buffalo Bill grave that we went to? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, that'd be a good one. That's right, because when you come out to visit me, I take you to classy places and the supposed final resting place of Buffalo Bill Cody. <laughs> That burger joint, those were, we were classy. We were classy folks. But no, uh, back to the, like, hey, man, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you at work uh, and, and all your help there and, your, and the friendship that we're, we're growing. I appreciate what you're doing for our show. Yeah. Um, and not only listening and, and, and laughing with or at us, uh, but for supporting us and, and letting this, letting this dream that we have uh, that we've had for quite some time come to fruition. So we, we, we definitely thank you. And again, to our, to our listeners, uh, we definitely encourage you go check out his Etsy shop. He's got some, some quality, good stuff. It's, it's coming from a good place. Uh, again, proceeds are, are being pushed back into the community to, to help make a difference here. Uh, and in turn, making a difference throughout the world because, you know, a small town in Kentucky actually has a pretty big, big outreach, or for a small town in Kentucky, uh, we actually have a pretty big outreach within the region uh, and really globally with some of the things that are that are going on and initiated here. And so, uh, again, go go check it out. Check out his Etsy shop. You know, like I said, more stuff is coming. Uh, we're excited to be able to partner with him and to keep this going. Uh, but again, man, we just, we appreciate you and, and glad that you're along for the ride. Oh, not a problem. It's my pleasure. You guys are awesome. Hey, can we can we just break the one one final thing? The the place in Owensboro, um, what do they do for the community? What what's the outreach that they do? Where where the ten percent well, goes to? Because I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus. And okay, we always get together and say, hey, like we're getting ready to do. Uh, we just approved the funding for. I forget the name of it, but it's like a live box or a baby box. So instead of uh, the, like the same old, baby boxes or whatever. Yeah. Instead of the old, like, you know, putting a baby in the basket and knocking on somebody. Oh, door yes. Away. Yes. Yeah. It gives them a place where they can open up the box, put the baby in there, close the box. It's temperature controlled, heat regulated, all that stuff. And it instantly notifies emergency services. And so I'm mean, immediately responds and collects the baby and it's completely anonymous. So. Cool. Oh, wow. Cool. That's awesome. I didn't that realize that, awesome. that was. Yeah, we wow, just approved that a little. That's awesome. Well, if you do want to check out um, Keith's merchandise and, and the things that he's forged there at St. Galgano Armory, it is etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And again, that is spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And Andy, how can people reach us? I'm going to switch it up. The socials. Oh, see now you're going to get me. No, you can reach us out at, uh, at Gmail or on 
on Twitter. You can email us on at Gmail or you can hit us up on Twitter. Um, pretty easy. It is Hill Hipster Pod. So at Hill Hipster Pod at Twitter or just Hill Hipster Pod at gmail.com. You can hit us up. Uh, our friends at St. Galgano, they also have social media. Uh, Keith, what is your Twitter handle, my friend? My Twitter handle is at St. Galgano. Uh, my Instagram is St. Galgano Armory. So he's, my... he's got the Instagram. We got to work on that. That's, that is my goal within the next week is to get our Instagram up. Guys. My Pinterest is St. Galgano Armory and um, same as my Gmail. All right. So he's on he's on way more platforms than we are. Look at him getting techie. So yeah, give him a give him a like and a follow. Support him. Uh, you know, just show him some love. Uh Chad, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the final word, buddy, since I feel like I've talked way more than I should have today. Wait, this is just complete paradigm shift this episode, isn't it? I know, like we're just we're just you know, we'll play hacky sack next time, I guess. Well, you know what? I'm I'm gonna leave you with a final word um, from the Apostle Paul in Romans 11. And at the end of Romans 11, I don't think a lot of folks, I mean, maybe you do know this, but sometimes I think it gets overlooked that at the end the end of Romans 11, Paul, Paul wrote a hymn and puts a hymn in there and it's a hymn of praise. And Romans 11, starting in verse 33, says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the kingdom of God, I'm sorry, and of the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor and who has ever given to God that he should be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. And I realize I may have read that on the last episode, but I think it's just good to, to say it again and to, to him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. That's the last word. Fellas, right. it's uh, it's been with you. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Blast. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for your support, Keith. Thanks for being on. And again, remember to reach out. Uh, you can reach Saint Galgano Armory at Twit on Twitter. It's at Saint Galgano. Is that correct, Keith? And uh, on the in, on the Instagram. And uh, Instagram, it's C underscore Galgano underscore Armory. All right. And don't forget to check out their shop at Etsy. It's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Gagano Armory. You can connect with us on Twitter again at Hill Hipster Pod or reach out to us through email hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. And until next time, we just thank you all for listening and be blessed. You got to go to the house. <laughs>